advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with the man, 10-year National Football League veteran. We know him as the shop, the barber shop, the Spider-Man. And uh, when the schedule came out, we had the blessing of being able to release the schedule in late April uh, to the Chiefs' kingdom. The NFL allowed us to do that. I remember that night. It was exciting. But everybody wanted to see when do the Chiefs play the Ravens. And then we found out it was the last weekend of September shop in a battle of the last two MVPs of this league. And we're going to call this, you know, two goats in a pasture uh, <laughs> because we talk about the goat, the acronym, uh, greatest of all time. Baltimore thinks they've got it. We know that the greatest of all time is here in the Chiefs kingdom, but still shop. What a great matchup to have these two quarterbacks go head to head once again for a third time. Man, you cannot even imagine um, a fan of football, a true purist of the game. When you think of what makes a quarterback great, what makes a quarterback unguardable, it's either his scrambling ability, um, his vision, his athleticism, um, his top end speed, acceleration, arm strength, um, vision downfield, or his knowledge of the game. Those eight attributes. Number one in each one of those attributes is either Lamar uh, Jackson or Pat Mahomes. You are getting the best two quarterbacks in every aspect of when you talk about being an elite quarterback. These guys are doing all of those things at the highest level, not just currently, but I think that we've ever seen in football. And speaking of the highest level, we want to mention our Defending the Kingdom podcast brought to you by Yes. These Bose 700 headphones. Uh, Bose, we know, is the leader in the industry, but they've improved even more with these. You can personalize your environment with 11 levels of noise cancellation shop. I love to do a lot of my research and work at night, and I need to go to some place, like drift away. And if they got to come get me, they're going to have to come get me in some other planet because these things are phenomenal. Whether it's music or yeah. uh, whatever, I'm listening to a podcast like this one. Uh, they're amazing, but these two quarterbacks are amazing. It's interesting when you put, put those attributes out there together because, to me, they're getting to the same place two different ways. Um, I'm going to talk with Andy Reid uh, later this week. Bringing up or playing Baltimore is like play, – I'm an Army fan. Let's just put it out there. I, I, I cheer for the Army Black Knights, but you're playing Army, Navy, or Air Force, and you've got to play differently, right? You're playing option football. They'll still get the 40 points. They're just doing it differently than some other teams. So you look at Mahomes, he's thrown for 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. But you look at Jackson, he has run for 1,200 yards, almost 1,300 yards, and 3,100 yards uh, passing. So it's getting there two different ways, but it's phenomenal. Interesting to look at these guys and study them, that those attributes you gave, one, maybe two, two, maybe one, but they're getting to the same place different uh, with different circumstances. And as we see them both evolve, as defenses try to take away their strength, that's the important thing. When, when Pat Mahomes was seen as this elite arm talent and everybody thought the only thing you had to do is drop nine people in the coverage, play man across the board, make him scramble, make him run, and then you realize, oh, he can do that. 
and get to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl using his legs. And then on the other page, you look at Lamar Jackson and they say, oh, all he is is a running back at quarterback. Let's make him throw the ball. And he ends up eating you up for 400 yards in the air, um, dropping dimes all over the place to tight ends and running backs out the backfield, hitting Hollywood Brown down the scene. And he can beat you with four um, touchdowns through the air. So each one of them are taking their attributes and they're using them to attack a defense. And then as the defense tries to adjust to take away their strength, well, they, they, they take their weakness and make it a strength. So I love how both of them are becoming so equally yoked, well-balanced, and their scrambling ability, running ability, vision, but also being able to attack by air and by land. Yeah, it's interesting. Mahomes, a terrific thrower, but can run. We saw that against the Chargers last week. We've seen it time and time again. And Jackson is a great runner who can throw. And so uh, it's intriguing to look at that. But one thing that I've learned, too, we know Patrick Mahomes has a photographic memory. I mean, the volumes of information that, that Andy Reid puts on him, I said he listens, he absorbs, he ascertains, and then he acts. Uh, and that's a gift. But at the 101 banquet last year here in Kansas City, Lamar Jackson got the MVP award. So he's up on stage with John Harbaugh. And he kept getting asked about the two games against Mahomes and the Chiefs. And up on stage, he was going through that thing. I did a minute with Mitch on it this week. He went through those two games, chapter and verse, hash mark. He could recite every down of those two games. That, to me, I went, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy has that, too. Uh, I just think maybe we underestimate Lamar Jackson and his ability to process, listen, ascertain, absorb, and act. We talk about hidden talents. And maybe in Louisville, they didn't have to utilize his photographic memory. Maybe it was easy for him just to hold up the cards. You got the four squares. Right now, we're in quarter one. We're going to use square <laughs> one. Everybody knows the plays. We're not going to have him call plays in the huddle. And that's what's something that scared people off, right? Um, coming out of college, uh, when it was his draft profile, they was like, well, has he ever commanded a huddle? And we know in the pros, you have to command the huddle. So that was seen as something that, it, that, that caused a lot of teams to scare away from him. Until he got to the Ravens, where Ozzie ended up trading back into the end of that first round to make sure that they was able to get their guy in Lamar Jackson that eventually um, um, superseded their number one quarterback at the time. But when we talk about that photograph memory, how important it is to take a snapshot of the defense, to be able to come to the sideline and talk to your OC, talk to your head coach about what the defense, where they were located right before the snap and how that um, throughout the play, uh, um, left guys in certain areas. And we talk about how do you want to attack a defense with that same offensive set, when that same play is called, you make an adjustment to a receiver or a tight end, and now you don't have to go to the uh, computer screen. You don't have to go to the grease board and draw it up. You don't have to go to each position and make sure everybody's on the same page because those type of adjustments, you got to make it halftime. Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, you can make adjustments on the fly because they have that photographic memory. So we're titling this Defending the Kingdom, Two Goats in a Pasture, in anticipation of this Monday night football matchup between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Speaking of goats, these headphones are the goat. Um, these Bose 700 headphones are fantastic. You can get them at Bose.com, so check it out. But there's one thing they also have in common, and I had a chance to talk to Pat about this. We're going to hear from him in just a little bit. In the fact that when you are the GOAT, we, we think Mahomes is a GOAT. They think Lamar Jackson's a GOAT. But just when you the, the way you have to play 
every week. Like there is this pressure that both of them seem to embrace. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear Pat talking about that. He has great respect for Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar's got a great respect for him. But just when you're the elite cat, you've got to bring it every week. And just learning that, understanding that, or dealing with the dynamics of being that. Well, talk about having a target on your back. There's no bigger target than being the MVP. Everybody wants to sack the MVP. Everybody want to bring in the MVP. <laughs> the, whoever team has the number one ranking, um, they want to use all those things as motivation. And I was reading someplace where they talk about, you know, who has the greatest desire? Is it when you're at the top of the hill and you're trying to stay there or is it while you're trying to climb that hill? Which route is the more hungrier goat? And I think to, today we've seen both of these guys are using different levels of, uh, of competition, different levels of mindset to remain so hungry, so passionate, because they're chasing their own level of elite. It's not what everybody else sees them as being. It's not the, 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 the past awards or achievements. They both have set out a, a goal and a bar and a standard that I think is so much higher than anybody has even begin to give them the respect for. And that's what keeps both of these guys, uh, I'm, I'm definitely striving, reaching up higher and higher for a higher rung, and keeps both of them playing at such a high level, even while everybody's trying to pat them on the back. Okay, I had a chance to talk with Pat Mahomes earlier about this very subject, him and Lamar Jackson, same field, but facing the same challenges week by week. Patrick, one question before I get into why this is a big week for you, and that is dealing with being MVP basically two years in a row. And maybe what even Lamar Jackson's dealing with this year, he had a great first week as well. But just taking that into any every week and knowing that, yes, you've got to be on it as a team, but just carrying that into every week, knowing you got to be on your game. Yeah, I think uh, you see that you're going to get the best shot from every single team. Every single defense, every single team's going to give you their best shot. They're going to try to do different game plan stuff that they haven't done against everyone else. Uh, and you have to be able to make adjustments quickly. And so uh, I know that that the Ravens, everybody knows how good they are, so they're going to get they're gonna get their best shot from every single team they play. And I feel like that's uh, as us, the Chiefs, uh, we know that every single team is going give, to give us their best shot. And so uh, just having that men- mentality of every single week, you can't take a week off and, and relax. You have to be focused and have that mentality of going out there with your best football every single week. So Shot Pat acknowledges, and he acknowledges Lamar Jackson's a great player. Um, and so there's, I think, an understanding. Lamar was talking about Patrick last year at the 101 that these two guys have immense respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's just intriguing. You know, the NFL for years, I also mentioned this on the minute with Mitch, other than these two guys' photographic memories. The NFL's had these quarterback matchups since the beginning of the league. Sid Luckman uh, against Sammy Baugh, right? It was Unitas against Starr and then Brady uh, up against Manning. But now we've got these two guys. And I know there's other great quarterbacks, and we got Deshaun Watson, and we've got the older guys like Aaron Rodgers. But these two, to me, are, are set apart, and that's why this game is so fascinating. Oh, they are. They are. But believe you me, there is a next Pat Mahomes coming along. We talk about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. He's put up 400 and some yards um, in, in week two, a lot of touchdowns. He has an amazing arm strength. And I think from the mental side, he's taking notes on Pat and seeing what Pat has been doing as far as that mental push. And then Lamar, with his uh, capabilities, his elusiveness, you talk about Kyler Murray in Arizona. He is the next coming of Lamar. So even when you think you've reset and, and evolved this quarterback position, the second you think that you've set on who the, 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 the two goats in the pasture, 
There are two baby goats right across the fence, <laughs> looking across there and waiting for their chance to get in that same pasture. But of these goats, either the young goats or the baby goats, there is one goat that has won the Super Bowl championship. Yes, it is. And that's where Mahomes has the trump card in this discussion to this point. Okay, to win that Super Bowl 54 title and to be the MVP of that game and basically to gut that game out like he gutted out the entire season and showed discipline and toughness. To me, the next step, and I'll get your thoughts on this, in studying Lamar Jackson is in the passing game because Tennessee – and the Ravens, they've got, a, they've got a recipe now for how they do things. They control, they dictate things at the line of scrimmage. They're like playing a service academy team. Uh, they're going to have the ball all day. They're going to hit you hard when you've got the ball. But Lamar Jackson, that, that ends up, he gets ambushed in the playoffs by Tennessee. I'll give Mike Vrabel credit in that game. But it was like he was setting his coverages to go inside out like a reverse cloud technique. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Last year, in throws of 20-plus yards to the left side, this is Lamar Jackson's stats from Pro Football Focus, he was 2 out of 15. This is 20-plus to the left side. Think of where the wasp throw went by Patrick Mahomes in Super Bowl 54. That's where this would be. And this year, so far, he's one of three. The middle of the field is where, and you alluded to this, whether it seems to Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews, this is where he shines. Last year, uh, 10 touchdowns in the middle of the field, 20-plus. To the right side, the numbers go down again. 8 of 22, uh, only one touchdown, 250 yards. So far this year, at 25-plus in the two games he's had, he's completed two out of five. Now, outside left and outside right are where the next level of Lamar Jackson has to be. The corner route, the double move, the 54-yard pass that Mahomes made to Tyreek Hill in the Charger game. That's where Lamar Jackson has to go next. And to me, and looking at them on video, they're trying to work on that for him. He's been sacked six times in two weeks because they they know what he can do. They're trying to get him to do what he knows he can do for the next step. Yes, yes. So as a, as a play caller, the Baltimore Ravens are now seeing the recipe of defense, if you want to stop Lamar Jackson, is to pack everybody in the middle. Take away the running game by packing everybody in the middle. Make the runs go into the edge. Because now you can force him uh, to the outer bounds. You can't let a guy go north and south to the end zone. Make him go sideline to sideline. And then make sure your coverage, like you said, is inside out. Force receivers to push to the seven route. Push the passes to go down the sideline. Force them to make accurate throws outside the numbers. And then see if he can beat you. Because you know all day long, if you let the tight end seam routes, the running back angle routes, anything that takes care of that middle third of the field, he can hit those passes all day long. And because he's such a threat to run the ball on the quarterback keep up the middle on a quarterback sweep that cuts back up the middle, that that also affects the integrity of your linebackers and your safety in that middle third of the field. So he's, he's threatening your middle third by the running game. And then once you react to it, and now you have to kind of uh, retaliate back to pass coverage, now the middle opens up and he's able to just take his shots down the middle, force him to throw the ball to the outside, force the running game to the outside, and then let's see if the Baltimore Ravens are as vaulted as they appear. Yeah, and to your point, if you look at these numbers and chunk it down a level, like 11 to 20 yards in the middle of the field, he is almost, I mean, he's near perfect. His numbers are amazing there. And so he's so good at uh, doing exactly what you're doing. The tight ends, the running backs, the crossing routes uh, to his receivers, his under maybe Willie Sneed, the fourth. Uh, it's just the deep outside throws that we know Mahomes is, 
can make in his sleep. And that's where Lamar Jackson wants to prove and, and to go there next. These two guys win. I mean, it's amazing. 21 and three is a starter for Lamar Jackson. And for Patrick Mahomes, he's like 25 and seven. Mahomes in September, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, 28 touchdowns, no picks. He's never lost a September game. And you ask, well, why is that a big deal? That's when everybody's kind of healthy. They've prepared for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. teams kind of wear down in October and November because they're losing guys to injury. This is when people are fresh. He's hitting people um, and he's done it on the road. He's won at Pittsburgh. He's won it against the Chargers on the road now three times in September. Uh, So these have not been easy games. And he's got another tough one, meaning Patrick Mahomes going up against Lamar Jackson. But when you look at these two guys, they win. Now, again, they do it two different ways, but the fact of the matter is they win. Yeah, Lamar might go down in the next five or six years as one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks that we've seen in this in this time frame. It's because his style of offense is so unique. There's only three or four teams that actually run that amount. That have a quarterback that's able to run that amount of quarterback keeper plays or, or threaten you with the quarterback. Everybody else in the league is a full spread, vertical passing game, little play action, little screens. And it's so much easier for a defense to adjust to the things you're used to defending. But then, like you say, when you play Army-Navy, you play that military that military offense, and now it's discipline, run game, run gaps. Everybody, Somebody's on the quarterback. Somebody's on the pitch. Somebody's on the dive. Then when they play action to a pass, where do you retreat to? you got to be so pinpoint on your defensive uh, discipline in the pass, play action pass game and in the run game. When you're not disciplined, they don't hit you for five. They go for 50. And that's the thing they do. They just wear at you, wear at you, wear at you. Keep that uh, possession of uh, time of possession in their favor and keep it out of your offense's hands. Yeah, the other thing they do, well, and they've done a great job of building around Lamar. With they've, I mean, they've added guys. It's impressive. They're better this year, I think, in my opinion. They had J.K. Dobbins as another running back from Ohio State. They got good young offensive linemen. Uh, and then the, and the Chiefs have done the same thing. They've built their team. Uh, to accentuate Pat. We've seen Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a great example of that. Um, so it's, but you, you bring up an interesting point in the fact that you have to, th- this game to me and both of these head coaches, it's the epitome of discipline and toughness. If you're going to play the Ravens, you better be disciplined and you, be, you have to be tough. Let me give you an example from last year's regular season game. Lamar Jackson was able to break containment because Frank Clark got up the field too far and he allowed him an inside lane that was easy. He had blockers and there was not enough defenders. Frank later in the game made an adjustment, stopped them on a two-point conversion uh, like right after that. So the containment pressure on the defense for the Chiefs in this game, and we know the pressure for the Ravens is a little bit different on the other side, but the fact how disciplined and tough you have to be if you're a Chiefs defensive player to play this offense and this guy. Man, you got to decide. You got to decide um, what is what are you gonna, what are you willing to give up? You got to you got to make a decision defensively. Do you want to keep all eyes on the quarterback? That means you're going to be doing zone zone blitzes, or do you want to play the receivers so tight so close that you want to kind of test Lamar's accuracy? to see if he has the arm to fit it in these small windows, then you go up and play man and you're worried more about rerouting. But the second you play man, you know, that second level, they turn their backs to run with their receivers. And then if Lamar breaks through that first line of defense, it's like we've seen with Pat. It's Katie Bar the gate. And not only does he go for first downs, 
This guy has the athleticism. If you let him re release into a secondary, he can go for a touchdown. So I, I believe the defense is just – you got to keep everything in front of you with Lamar. You want everybody to have eyes on him. And when it comes to him getting past the line of scrimmage, you want two or three guys, maybe four, all taking shots at him. He becomes a running back. You got to take your shot. You got to make him a little bit hesitant to run the ball so that you can really play true pass coverage. And then you know from a schematic standpoint – Anything fourth, fourth down and less than three, you got to be anticipating the Ravens are going to go for it. So that means on third and six, most teams, that's an automatic pass down, not with the Ravens. You got to still be ready for J.K. Dobbins, Ingrams, or Lamar running the ball on third and six to get themselves in a manageable fourth down because they know they're going to go for it. Last year, the Ravens went for it 24 times on fourth down. Uh, and I think the Chiefs went for it 10, 24 times and made 17 of them. Mm -hmm. They were three of four against the Chiefs in fourth down last year at Arrowhead, but the one they missed uh, at the middle of the field flipped the game in the Chiefs' favor. So it's a little bit of a risky move. The other thing is going for two. They went for two three times in that game at Arrowhead last year. Chiefs won by five. The Chiefs defend all three of those two-point conversions. That would have been six. That's the difference of one point, and the Ravens win the game. So, yeah, you're playing an unusual game. You're playing the service academies when you're playing these guys. Yeah, so and that's when you have to rely on your offense. you gotta, you got to believe offensively, if you can try to get out by two scores and try to break their discipline to stay with their offense because they want to run the ball, they want to control it, and if you can force them to be down by 10 or 14 points, well, that makes them a little bit less likely to go for it on fourth down because now they're chasing points. They got to be a little bit more hesitant about taking as many risks because they're behind. But as long as it's even, as long as they're ahead, they'll go for it on fourth down. You got to be always ready with uh, Coach Harbaugh for special teams, fakes, any kind of adjustments like that. So just from a from a from a from a from a ready ready stance, all three phases have to be ready for all kind of situations when it comes to the fakes trick plays, going for it on fourth down. It's just not going to be your normal game, which makes it one of the most exciting games playing this kind of offense at this time of the season. Yeah, you just described their Tennessee loss, though. That's what happened. They got behind by two scores, and now all of a sudden their whole grid had to change, and they were off kilter the rest of that game. Give Mike Rabel's team credit. Okay, two things before we close here, and thanks to the folks at Bose for these Bose 700 headphones. You can get yours at Bose.com. We're kind of coming up on the holidays. What a great holiday gift idea. Uh, two things. One, though, the Ravens also love to take it away. They're up to their old tricks. They're number one in the NFL after two weeks with five takeaways. They've also scored now on a takeaway, which is what they did last year six times. We mentioned this. Go back and find our summer podcast saying that the Chiefs, if they can get a little more explosiveness in their defense, scoop and score, pick six, it's what uh, Baltimore does. That's something they almost have to have, Shop. They didn't get that against Tennessee in the playoffs, and you can see that takes them off their grid a bit. Yeah, that definitely, for them, it flips the scoreboard early in the game. So they play a very, you know, with their coordinator, Wink. Wink is a very aggressive defensive-minded guy. He'll bring a lot of pressure. What you see downfield when you watch the All-22 is you see so many guys in man coverage not watching their man. They are now, once the play develops, they're in man coverage, but he's going to jump under route to do what um, Honey Badger has done so many times, come off primary receiver in order to undercut uh, um, uh, intended receiver to make a big play. You can use that against them in some misdirection with Pat with his looking off and no looks and things like that. That can be a, a, a weapon and a tool that, that um, Coach Reed can use to 
develop some things where, hey, if we get Marcus Peters covering an out route, we know that seven is behind him. We know he'll 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 try to bait us and, and, and come to that uh, underneath that seven route so that out route can break back in and be wide open. Situations like that, you can use their aggressiveness against them, and especially when it comes to the screen game. That will be an amazing aspect, I think, on Monday Night Football. Uh, it's going to be a clash of the Titans, like you say. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see these shoot goats, button heads, <laughs> all fighting for that same little nugget of grass. Uh, it, but it reminds us so much of like the NBA. When you're talking about Giannis, LeBron, and Kawhi, those all three guys can honestly say they're the GOAT right now of the NBA. Lamar and Pat can both say they have a, a right to say they're the GOAT of the NFL right now. Yeah, to your point on the on the whole thing, the 83-yard touchdown pass last year to McCole Hardman was able to read a blitz and get a big play. His fourth down conversion Mahomes had in the game in 18, his no-look pass in 18, all came against these guys. So it's interesting that you say that. Now we're going to close it out this way uh, because of these two kickers. This is now the number one and number two kicker in the NFL right now. Uh, Justin Tucker the, of the Ravens is the most accurate kicker in the NFL history. Uh, the 101-year history of the league. But here comes Butker, man. He's chasing him in a hurry. Um, I, I did a, a Kingdom Conversations this week with Matt McMullen on our High Beach East Insider show, and I said I made the analogy of these two kickers of playing the Royals when they were in 14 and 15 when they had that unbelievable bullpen. You're only playing six-inning games. If you don't have the lead after six innings, you're, you're done because seven, eight, and nine is going to those guys. Here's these two kickers. If it's the two-minute warning, Inside of two minutes or late in the game, you're playing a 60-yard field, not 100 yards with these guys because Butker and this dude can bang 60-yard field goals. Now, all of a sudden, as a defense, if you're up two and you're trying to hold these guys, it changes the whole dynamic. These Both these guys could win this game with a 60-plus-yard field goal. If you had to show me only the last two minutes before the half, the last two minutes of the game, and then overtime, I would say the two kickers combined – would determine the outcome of the game without seeing anything else that happened. That's how crucial these two guys are going to be the last two minutes before half, the last two minutes of the game. And then if this game goes to overtime, we hope to lose the <laughs> and be able to have a second, just like last week. Because when you have a kicker with this dynamic of a leg, the last thing you want to do is be the person that scores first. Because then it puts all the onus, everybody on the, who gets it second, is going to be the person to be able to decide the outcome of the game, whether to go for it until they need a touchdown or just tie it up. These two field goal kickers are going to be so phenomenal in this ball game because both defenses, I think, have a chance of getting a lot of stop stops once the field shrinks. So either you got to go over the top and score quick or the Ravens break a, a, a run and go quick. By the time you get to the 50-yard line, you'll see both offenses, I think, get a little conservative because it's almost like they got three points in the bank once they get to the 40-yard line. It's going to be awesome. There's just a lot of storylines of this game. Andy Reid loves these kind of games, man. He loves these uh, the best competitive games, and this will be fantastic. Shop, um, we know your your daddy's uh, struggling a little bit there. We're going to pray for you um, and just keep it keep it tight for you and your family. But um, appreciate you doing these uh, def defending the kingdom podcast. Thanks to Bose for making it possible. These Bose 700 headphones. But we march on, my friend. We march on, brother. Uh, life's a journey and, uh, we take it 
Yeah, every twist and turn will take. So hang in there, my friend. No doubt, no doubt. We know in life we find Christ, but even in death we have gain. We have growth. Yep. We have transformation. So uh, Brandon, he's a man that brought me to Christ in my life, and I appreciate it for the leader he showed me to be. Not a perfect man by any routes, but uh, he gave me enough tools to make sure to raise this family of five young men. I got a beautiful wife for uh, more than 16 years and one daughter. So he's given me enough tools to make sure I can make sure to defend my kingdom and lead my family in a godly manner. So I appreciate him for everything. I tip my hat to Mr. William, a.k.a. Smoke Baldwin. Well, a tip of the cap here, too, as well. Shop, thanks. He's Sean Barber, Barbershop, Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Chiefs, Ravens, two goats in a pasture. Get ready for this one as the Chiefs continue to try to run it back.